All right, I'm here with the lovely Christine. Oh my gosh, you know I've been I've been wanting to have her on for a while. So, um, Christine, can you just like introduce yourself? You know, just for people who don't know who you are. Yes, uh, my name is Christine Carter, uh, also known as the Weight Loss Hero. And um, Weight Loss Hero is my Instagram uh, username. I created a couple of years ago, and I have been journeying my um, journaling my weight loss journey uh, since I got started. Mm -hmm. And what made what what was like the how what was the catalyst? What what made you start this journey? So um, really, I, I kind of had a rock bottom moment. So uh, for those who don't know me, I've lost 175 pounds. Um, at my heaviest, I was almost 300 pounds, and like so many, I was eating my feelings. I was just miserable in my body, but I didn't feel like I could get out of it. You know, I'd start a diet for a couple of weeks, I'd fall off, uh, like so many others do, and I had to go to a family reunion. And when you're overweight and you haven't seen people in a while, that's like the last place you want to go is to go see a whole bunch of family. But I went and um, when I went, I remember seeing my favorite Uncle Bruce from across the way and I hadn't seen him in a long time. And as he approaches me, I thought he was coming to say hi. He looked at me dead in the eye and kept walking. And I was like, it was odd. And I went up to him and he didn't know who I was. He didn't recognize me. And I was, I was mortified. And I remember leaving that day and just thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm never going to feel this way again. And ironically, now my last family reunion I went to, I had to reintroduce myself to everyone, but for much different reasons this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Like having to, you know, especially when our physical bodies change so much, it's like, yeah. You know, you're like, is that the same person? It's kind of like you're curious. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes you just don't recognize a person. You know, if it's been a couple years, I'm like, uh, do, I know your name, but I don't remember who you are. I know, exactly. And, you know, I think that's that's a huge part. But is that is that kind of the reason why you just went on the journey, like started? Was that the catalyst and everything? Yeah, that was that was what kind of initially got the ball rolling. Um, you know, at the time, I still was in a really bad headspace. So I tried a couple of diets. I tried, um, you know, different stuff. And I, I just, again, I couldn't stick to anything long term. And in hindsight, a lot of that was really because I was approaching my weight loss in the same mentality that I had gained that weight in. You know what I mean? And, and I wasn't really addressing the, the mental side behind it. And I think that's so important now that I know what I know. And so uh, actually at my office, several girls at my office had recently had weight loss surgery. And you know, they're all coming in, skipping around being like, you know, oh, I had weight loss surgery and the weight's just falling off my body. And I'm like, oh, sign me up for that, right? <laughs> and I'm like, cool. So. I actually went through the process and I had weight loss surgery. And what I learned is what I, the vast majority of people learn. You just don't hear about them because they're not out making Instagrams about failing weight loss surgery. But you can still not lose weight even after weight loss surgery. And that was my experience is I lost about 60 pounds. And in a couple of months, I mean, you're on liquid diet only for like six weeks. So anybody would lose weight. 
But the problem is, is that I was still drinking ca my uh, calories and I was still not eating right. And in doing that, I started putting that weight back on. And I remember thinking to myself, this was kind of like a second rock bottom moment, is like not even a dramatic surgery is gonna save me at this point. You know what I mean? And I just felt like I'm gonna drive down the highway and see one of those like weight loss surgery billboards, but it's gonna be like, did you fail weight loss surgery? Call us and it's gonna be my face as the poster child. And so that's when I realized like, I, again, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I have to get this right. Like this is embarrassing at this point. Mm -hmm. And where, where do you get like the, I mean, like, I feel like, where do you get the motivation to like move towards that and like kind of fixing your mentality for how, how did that work? You know, I think that the biggest thing is, is that your desire to change and to be different has to be so much stronger than, than your willingness to stay where you are. And that's why you have to really have that rock bottom moment. You have to have these defining steps that suck, but at the end of the day, they kind of get you going. And, you know, I think what, what, one of the things that I did is I, I was reading a book and they recommended to do this. And it was one of the best exercises I ever did in my life. And it said to stand in front of a mirror exactly as you are, but picture your life if you were to remove all limiting beliefs of what, why you think you can't be something or why you think you can't achieve it. And it asks questions like, you know, where would you live? What kind of car would you drive? What kind of job would you have? And it's funny because I wrote down all kinds of stuff and I kind of had forgotten about it. And a couple of years later, every single thing on that list had come true. But a lot of times what I, what I did when I started, because it's easy to get motivated to start. It's not easy to get motivated to keep going. And so what I did is I wrote down exactly how I felt in that moment. Because when that feeling passes, it's easy, you know, to, oh, I feel okay and to kind of slide back. And anytime I wanted to fall off or anytime I didn't think I could do it, I'd pull that list back out immediately and start reminding myself of exactly why I got started to begin with. Mm -hmm. And how did you handle kind of like the judgment aspect from friends, family? I mean, like it's, it's a real roller coaster because it's like... You know, they, they want you to lose weight and they want you to gain. Like, it's this weird kind of thing. You know, it, it is weird. I actually talked about this just the other day on my, um, on my social media. Is It's so funny to me that at 300 pounds, nobody was being like, Christine, what's mm -hmm. going on? Right? Like, yeah. like, we want to sit down with you and we want to have this conversation. With no one was saying anything. But the minute I start taking ch the steps to to make myself healthier, all of a sudden, are you sure that diet's good for you and weight loss surgery's bad for you? And why are you living, you know, spending so much time in the gym? You can take a day off and it's, it's the naysayers that come out and, you know, you have to really surround yourself with support and with people who understand what you're going through. Um, if you don't have that, it's good. It's, it's hard enough to stick to something on your own, but if all you have is your own will and the naysayers, you're always going to fall back. Like you have to have that support system, um, around you to kind of keep pushing you forward. Mm -hmm. And how have you been able to, you know, a lot of people, they, they lose a lot of weight and then they gain it all back. Like, how did you end up at that point where you're like, I can sustain this or I'm going to do other things to improve myself? Yeah. So, so I hit my goal weight about two years ago and you're right. Um, in fact, 
when I was losing weight, this is why I created my Instagram. It's because I had a few weight loss people I followed that I looked up to so much. There were five of them and all five have put their weight back on. And it's, it, it's so scary to even think about starting a weight loss journey, thinking to yourself, even if I do this, I'm going to have this fight. But the key for me and really the key for anyone is that you really truly have to develop new habits. You can't just try to do, you know, anybody can do something for a period of time, but it's the repetition of those daily habits of those daily routines. You know, like everyone knows now if I, if I order a burger, I kick off the bun, I don't eat it. And it, it's just my habit. I don't even, I don't consciously think about it anymore. But when you're just trying to get through a short little spurt in a short time period, instead of really developing lifelong habits, you're going to wind up sliding back. So you want your autopilot in your mind to be the new healthy habits that you've created. Mm -hmm. And how do you break those bad habits? I mean, like everyone has some type of, I wouldn't necessarily say bad, but a habit that, that isn't, isn't beneficial to them. You know, I think that the key is, you know, rep repetition. And I think also taking small steps. I think that sometimes, especially at New Year's, we get so overzealous and so excited about a new year. And that's great. But what happens is, is we just expect ourselves to wake up on January 1st, a totally different person, right? So if you've been eating junk food and sitting on your couch for the last 10 years of your life, you're not going to be a fitness and a health junkie and a health nut on January 1st, just because you want to be. So really taking a stair step approach to that, you know, I didn't just go on a diet and eat perfect. I messed up a lot, but the key when I messed up was to not let that define me and to immediately get back on track. So, I mean, even now I have, you know, I, I get off plan all the time, but I have developed over practice and practice and practice the character that says, okay, if I eat a cookie at lunch, dinner, I'm right back on it. I'm not waiting till Monday. I'm not waiting till New Year's. I'm going to start right now. Mm -hmm. And now you're helping others. How does that like make you feel? I mean, like that's, the, I think that's like kind of a, a selfless kind of act because you're helping others. And you know, a lot of people wouldn't do that because it's, I don't know. I just find it very interesting. What was kind of the motivation? Was it just, oh, like you thought you could help other people because you had the knowledge now? Well, you know, it, it obviously it started with the page and the page mm -hmm. grew and I always thought it would be cool, but I thought to myself, like, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a trainer. So how can I really help other people? You know what I mean? But what I started seeing is the hundreds and hundreds of messages from all over the world every day of people saying, can you help me? Can you help me? And I'm about to sneeze. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so what I actually did is I actually paired up with my coach who helped me. He um, has like a million certifications and everything in the entire world because I wanted to pair his knowledge with my experience to be able to really, really help people. And, you know, whether it's just helping people through, you know, talking to them or through my live feeds and Snapchat or whether it's actually, you know, giving some them some more one-on-one -on -one, um, help through an actual program, there's women from around the world. I mean, I got a message this morning from a 14 year old in, in Israel who was just like, because of you, I've lost 20, you know, 20 kilograms. And I'm just like, that's so cool that we all come together. Cause we all know this fight, you know, even though I'm at my goal weight, I do not, it, it feels like not a day has passed since I was in that same position. And it's just something I've become so passionate about just watching people really grow. 
um, grow in mentally and shrink physically. Mm -hmm. And like helping all these people, like I, I imagine like it's a lot of work. Um, how do you balance that? Uh, it's, it, it's a, it's a balancing act for sure. Um, you know what? It's, I, I definitely have times that I unplug. It, it is a constant thing with, with the social media. It's, you know, when you wake up to when you go to bed, there's just a lot. Um, I love it. And I had to just learn to find, uh, to find passion in that. And so it doesn't really drain me just because it's something I really enjoy, but I definitely have things that I do or times of my day that I put my phone away and I really just, you know, whether I'm reading, playing piano, whatever, to kind of unplug from the world, um, you know, because the, the phone could be so noisy with, with everything on it. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you handle the volume of, like, do you respond to everything? I mean, like... I, I do. I've become a master at this. Uh, I do. I, you know, th there's, I think I've got about 30 unanswered Instagram messages and that's pretty high. I try to respond to every single person every single day that I can. Um, you know, some days obviously it's more than others and, um, it's just me. I, I like to keep it authentic. So I know a lot of other pages will hire people mm -hmm. to respond on their behalf, but the messages that I get are so personal. You know, people will send photos and people will really, really pour their hearts out. And that's not something that I can really ever have help answering. Like I want that to always be me. And I want people to always feel like they have that, that connection to me. And, and that's one of the things I love about my following is that I feel so connected to them. So I just have kind of learned how to weave it in my day. I have certain times in the day I sit down and I reply to all my messages and uh, just kind of gotten used to doing that. I think that's amazing because a lot of people don't, I mean, your page is, is a large page. So I think it's like you answering them personally is like insane. I mean, um, you know, uh, the fact that you don't have management, I think is interesting as well. Cause a lot of, a lot of fitness pages or anything that has to do with anything like that. It, they yeah. usually have someone answering or some questions at least. Yeah. And you like, how did you start off with like the, helping others was it just like oh i i want to help others now or was it was there a moment yeah you know there wasn't necessarily a moment you know i started posting my journey out there and it just kind of took off um as far as the page the page growing and you know for a long time it was um you know just people wanting tips or wanting advice and so that's when I realized I really want to start bringing more content, more videos and things like that so that anybody that just follows me, you don't even have to message me to kind of understand a lot of the things that I talk about. Um, you know, and at some point I started getting a lot more like, do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching? Can you help me personally? Can you write me a diet plan? And that's when, you know, that was, I'd actually say that was about a year ago. Um, and I really, really didn't get, get fully started with everything until about four months ago. And uh, it takes a long time to build all that out. And um, I have a website that you can take me with you anywhere you go. And, um, you know, I wanted to create something that not only gives you like direction, but I want you to have a fast food guide. I want you to have restaurant guides. I want you to have a support system. And the support group that I have has probably been the most important part to me. And it's so special to me because, you know, I know what I dreamed it to be. And it's like 10 times what I could have ever imagined. Um, you always worry, are there going to be naysayers or negative Nancys in there? And there's not. Really? I have not had a single post I've had to delete. No one's inappropriate. Everyone's supportive. 
And I, I know that I'm going to get one. It's going to happen. It's uh -huh. just the way life works. But we've got about 400 ladies in the group now over the last four months. And it just keeps growing. And it's just so beautiful. And again, they actually brought up exactly what you were talking about earlier in that people start naysaying your journey. And it was really nice, um, especially over the Christmas holiday, that they could all come together and kind of support each other and, and, and help each other stay strong through that. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, amazing because you kind of get accountability, but you're also connecting with other people, mm -hmm. which I, I think is interesting. And I saw, I saw, I saw one of your posts. It was like this board of like, I don't know if it was a world board and you were putting like gems on them. I was like, yes. what, what is this? What? I'm I'm curious what what what, what exactly was that? I was reading. So I uh, when I first started the uh, weight loss hero tribe, every I wanted to be able to visually see them, and so I bought a map and uh, a United States map. Hold on, I'll show it to you. Um, I bought a United States map, and uh, let's see if it's bright enough. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. So so this is my map, and it's kind of hard to see all the rhinestones on it, but. Um, what I do is, is every single time someone joins, I put a rhinestone for where they live. And I, on my Snapchat and Insta story, I say, you know, this is, uh, you know, Sarah from Texas. And so what was really cool is I actually had to wind up buying a world map because uh -huh. we have yes. ladies now in 13 different countries. And so the other thing that I do too is, um, I'll show you this. I have, uh, it's called the weight loss hero victory wall. And so these are, it's a, a physical Facebook wall in my house of all of the transformations that we've had so far in the tribe, or maybe not even necessarily transformations, but just, you know, I'm fitting in a new pair of jeans and, or I've got some lingerie and I'm feeling good about myself again. And so I, I print those and I actually have a physical wall just to remind me of why I do what I do every day. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think that's a great reminder. I've never seen the the the, the United so, States map like that. Like, I was, yeah, I was I was like, what what is this? You know, it's it interesting, and I think a world map is the next step, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I already have a world map uh, in my uh, in my living room. I had to get one uh, pretty quickly in. Uh, we had a lady from Finland join, Finland. and so, like I said, now we've got rhinestones in thirteen countries and growing. Mm -hmm. And how's that? How does that feel like that you're reaching so many people? I mean, like not just in your neighborhood or in your city or in your town. It's like you're reaching thousands of miles away. I mean, this this would never happen ten years ago. So no, no, it wouldn't. You know what? It's really humbling because at the end of the day, I'm just a person. You know, I'm just a person that lost weight, and to think that you have an opportunity to help other people is so special to me and I'm so blessed to have that opportunity. And I just, I just love it because I know what I needed when I lost weight. And I feel like I know what a lot of other people need in order to be successful and not only losing it, but keeping it off for the long term. And so that's why I wanted to create something that was a little different. I mean, everybody has a diet and workout program. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to stick to it when it gets tough. That's, that's really the key in my opinion, because I can stick to anything for a short period of time and likely see results. I don't care what diet it is. You're probably going to see results when you change your diet. I couldn't stick anything out. And so that's why I wanted to create something that was more of a lifelong, um, a lifelong process, not just something you're going to do for 30 days or 60 days and then give up one. Mm -hmm. And what is like your nutritional philosophy? 
Is there a specific thing that you follow, or do you just try to adapt it to each person? You know, I personally like a ketogenic diet. Um, that's basically, it's high in fat, moderate protein, and low in carb. Um, that's really, keto is kind of the hot, the hot ticket right now. It has been for, for a while. It's very effective. I have been eating this style diet for about three years now. Um, a lot of people are a little afraid of a keto diet at first because when they hear high fat, if you lived in the 90s at all, you're scared of high fat. They was just beating our brains that low fat was the way to go. But we came out of the 90s fatter than ever. Mm -hmm. And so so what I learned is, is that you know high fat doesn't have to be cheese and bacon every single day. High fat can be avocados and nuts and oils and healthier things. But I like that diet because because high fat is very satiating and very satisfying. So you still feel like you're eating good food and you're still like, okay, I can go out to eat and I can eat wherever. I want to teach people how to eat. I don't want to give you a canned like, you know, eat this supplement and drink this protein shake. I want you to be able to go out and be successful in any environment because I sure as heck don't cook every single meal. <laughs> I like to eat out. So. And how, like you just mentioned supplements, like what, like do you not, recommend those you think it's just all nutrition first then you go to supplements so that's that's kind of goes back to that idea of the stair-step approach um that i was talking about with new year's earlier there are certainly good supplements that you can take um i don't take a whole lot um just because i like to try to get as much nutrition from my food as i can but when people usually approach a diet or a workout program they just want to do everything at once and what happens is is when you commit to do hundred different things and you fail on one, you wind up failing on, on all. So I would rather start someone really simple and give them a simple diet to follow. My workouts literally start at seven minutes a day. Anyone has seven minutes a day, but most of us don't work out seven minutes a day. Starting really small and then building on that. So as you go and as you get more comfortable, you know, a lot of people start with some of your bacons and cheeses at first because it's what keeps them on track. Now, once we kind of move further into the diet, you're having successes, let's find ways to tweak it to make it even healthier. Let's find supplements to add in that make it even better for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And is that, is, that, is that just based on your experience? Is that like how you kind of come up with this idea? Yeah, it's based on my experience and then um, my business partner, Justin's experience mm -hmm. as well. You know, he's been helping women lose weight for about 10 years. And that's one of the things that he just kind of found is, is that introducing things one at a time like that has a lot higher, um, you know, retention rate. Yeah. yeah. Success rate than trying to do everything at once. Mm -hmm. And if someone's trying to make a change like that, um, I mean, a lot of people will kind of fall into the trap of like making huge changes that they cannot sustain. Um, like how do you handle that? I'd say what what is the question one more time i'm sorry uh, um so like a lot of people uh make huge changes in like a short amount of times how do they handle that like if it's you know um they're making a big change they want to do it faster quicker and all that stuff you know um you know people don't like are not patient i, I just don't believe people are patient enough to no no pe pe people aren't you know and i think that I think first that the the thing to really understand is that you don't you don't gain weight in a day and you're not going to lose weight in a day and no matter how much you want to rush the process mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to and 
that sucks to realize that, but knowledge is power. And the more that you understand about any process that you're going out on, the more successful you're going to be in that process. And so, you know, if you can approach it, you know, some people go all in from day one. I mean, even on my diet um, and my program, I mean, there are some women who are just all in from day one. But the thing is that happens when people go all in is that you go hard, you fall hard. And so when you mess up, which you will, the key is to get back on track from that point and to really, to really consistently redirect your thoughts and redirect your actions anytime that you do mess up. Because it's easy to get back on track if you've only made small changes and you mess up. But if you make huge changes, when you fall off, you kind of feel like, well, I messed it up anyways. I failed. And you, and you go back to those old habits. Mm-hmm. And how do, you, how, do, how do people handle the culture aspect? The, the like you know you go out to eat a lot i mean like it's like you know you have family you have to do this you I mean like bad foods are a part of culture i believe or not bad foods but foods in general is a part of culture whether it's absolutely high food or this and that you know it's it's there's so many things into it so how do you kind of balance that kind of act well you know that that obviously you know pete I always say this misery loves company, right? So if you're, if you're being like, I'm trying to eat something that's low sugar, the second you announce that to anyone, people are shoving donuts in your face. It's just the way that life works. And it's not because they don't want you to succeed or not because they hate you. It's just how life works. But, um, I always wanted to build a program off of my same philosophy of, I'm not going to walk around with like pre-portioned meals. I, you could go to dinner with me not knowing anything about me, and I guarantee you would not realize I'm following a specific diet. You wouldn't know I was ever overweight. You wouldn't know I'm into health and fitness. You wouldn't be able to tell because I've learned how to eat. And that's what I want to teach people is you can eat in any circumstance and not have to order crazy meals. You just have to figure out exactly what foods to order, and no one's ever going to notice. You know what I mean? No one's going to pay attention. The moment you start announcing it, though, people will try to bring you down. It's just life. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting when you start saying, well, I'm not, I'm, I can't have that. That's too many carbs or this and that or whatever you're doing, macronutrients or whatever. Um, so I think it's interesting in that aspect. And so you, you just, you just, you, so like, I'm interested because like, how can you do it without, I mean, that's a real interesting way. Like, how do you do it? Like, I, I, I'm very curious on this because it's like, you're, you, you say you go out and I wouldn't know. That that just blows my mind. Like, I, I I consider myself kind of intuitive into that. So, how what do you what do you do? Like, if you go to, um, I don't know what you have, um, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse or something like that. Like, how do you balance all this? Like, I'm just curious. Like, how do you? Do it? Well, one thing that I normally do is if I know where I'm going out to eat, mm-hmm. I always look at the menu ahead of time. Okay. So I can kind of make a decision of of what, you know, what is good and what is bad. So of course I'm always focusing on proteins and fats and low carbs. So like last night I went out to dinner at a steakhouse and I looked ahead of time and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the steak medallions. I'm going to get the spaghetti squash and I'm going to get green beans. So when I get there, it just sounds like that's just what I want to eat. I mean, no one's like, that's health and no one notices, you know? And so particularly the people that I was with, some of them probably do not know anything about my journey at all. And no one would have noticed anything different. You know what I mean? Obviously if I'm sitting there with like my fitness pal, looking up nutrition information, it would have been a little obvious, but I looked it up ahead of time. So that way I was prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I did, I, I've never thought of it that way. I always thought 
Well, uh, the preparation meals, I, I am not a fan of. I don't think any, anyone should be doing those. But uh. I will not eat something out of a Tupperware. Like, literally, I, I do not meal prep. I refuse. I do not want, I don't. I, although I do, I do eat uh, real good foods enchiladas. Those go hard, but I don't make my own food and meal prep like most people do. Mm -hmm. And everyone always wants to know this. How do you enjoy food? I mean, you're on a diet, you know, blah blah blah. You know, a lot of a lot of things. You know, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. Like, how do you enjoy it? Well, you know, some of your favorite foods. I mean, of course, it's the holidays as well. Um, oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think there's a couple things to that. You know, first of all, over the holidays, I definitely allowed myself a cheat here and there. I didn't go crazy, but I would have a cookie or I would have something small. Um, but you know what? First of all, once you really adapt to a new way of eating, you learn to like those foods. You really do. Um, obviously, if you're eating a diet that's, you know, extremely low calorie, you may not. But like I, like I was saying earlier, fats are so satisfying I mean, I get a cheeseburger with cheese and mayo and grilled onions and grilled mushrooms. The only thing I don't have is the bun. That's still a really good meal. That's still good food. Um, and then I've also learned how to make a lot of substitutes for things. So I have a you know low sugar pancake recipe, uh, crepe recipe that I make. I have cookie recipes that I make. So I've just had to learn to get creative with ingredients. And I promise you, I take them to people's houses for gatherings and parties, and no one's ever like, ew, the healthy stuff. They're always like really surprised. They're like, this is actually really good. And I'm like, I know, right? Mm -hmm, so yeah. I learned a lot of tricks along the way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so interesting that you can make something delicious that's also healthy. Like It is. It is. But you know what? The other thing, too, and a lot of my ladies in the tribe um, always get worried about this because it's weird at first. But when you take in a higher amount of fat because it's satiating, it really diminishes your cravings and it kind of kills your appetite. Like the, like I get the question a lot. I'm really not hungry. Should I make myself eat? And I'm like, I know because I, I get the same way. I almost get a disinterest in food sometimes like where I'm having to make myself um, sugar is extremely addictive. It's extremely addictive. So when you are in a habit of eating sugar, you get this spike of insulin, which is like a high. And then when you crash, your body needs more of it. So you start craving it more. When you take sugar out of the equation completely, you don't crave it anymore. You don't, you don't think about those foods because that, that addiction to that sugar is completely gone at that point. Mm -hmm. And of the, the the sugar aspect, like, do you you know do you tell people to stay away from sugar? Like, what what, what is your advice on the sugar aspect? So absolutely, we especially in America take in way too much sugar, um, way more than we would ever possibly need in any kind of diet. So any diet you ever go on ever is going to tell you to remove at least some of the sugar. A ketogenic diet has you remove most of the sugar from your diet um, to where you're actually getting your energy from the fats and not from carbohydrates anymore. Um, the reason is, that, and, and this is the reason that ketogenic diets work so well, is sugar truly is something that you are physically dependent on. And when you completely cut that dependency and you completely cut that addiction, then that craving, that, that craving goes away. If you just try to manage it and eat you know, moderate amounts of it, you're always, it's kind of like an alcoholic trying to just have two drinks. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually two drinks is going to turn into an all night bender, right? It's kind of that same concept. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, 
addicted to sugar or like I, 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 can't, I can't I can't stop like like what do you tell them do you tell them well just lean you know lay back off the sugar I mean that's what I hear a lot it's like you know you know maybe not eat you know eat some fruit instead of natural sugars or this and that what is your kind of way of handling that yeah, you know, I I was a binge eater. That was my deal. I I was absolutely on that train and really just kind of redirecting and and getting back on getting back on track. Um a lot of ladies when they first start, I mean, they're taking in 400 grams of sugar a day, which is insanity. And that's just diabetes lurking around the corner. And so for them, a lot of times I'll have them start with more of a stair step approach to where you just start limiting it a little bit because if you were to completely cut someone who is dependent on that much sugar, they're going to feel really bad for about five days. So kind of cutting them down a little bit before you completely remove it. But the, the best way to overcome any kind of addiction is to completely remove its source. Now, obviously, you get carbohydrates from, from lots of foods. Vegetables have them. But it's the actual refined sugar that we're wanting to stay away from. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think... And, um, of course, this is another aspect I'm always interested in because it's like, okay, so you go to a grocery store, a lot of the, 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 the good food is expensive. How do you kind of manage a budget, you know, you know, if you don't have the, the means and the, the kind of uh, dollar value to, you know, make, make healthy decisions with, you know, all that stuff? So when it comes when it comes to stuff like that, you know, everybody thinks that in order to be healthy, you have to just start buying all organic foods. You have to buy all this stuff. I only buy organic foods literally if that's just all that's in the store. Like I, I don't, I'm not drawn to it. Um, most of the ladies in my tribe, they can shop for everything at Aldi. They can get it at Walmart. Now, of course, you know, buying lean meats or just any meat is more expensive than buying Cheerios. It just is. But at the end of the day, Cheerios are actually making you sick. They're making you feel not Cheerios. This is not an anti-Cheerio campaign. But, um, but the, the, the packaged foods, the, this is what I'll say. I spend less money collectively now because I'm not going to the doctor. I'm not prescribed to medications. I'm not having to miss work because I don't feel well. My last year being overweight my health insurance paid out over $200,000 in claims. Last year, my health insurance paid out 1,800 bucks, 1%. So think about all those copays and that deductible. I was on 12 prescription medications before, now I'm on zero. So yes, it can be a little bit more expensive, but there's no reason you can't still shop at Walmart and Aldi, you know, a lot of diets include specialty foods and expense, crazy expensive protein supplements. Mine don't. Mine is completely food-based. Mm-hmm. And, all right, I want to switch it to the other aspect, training. And, like, what, like, what do you do? What, what do you recommend? Like, what is your kind of philosophy? Yeah, so I hate working out. That's my thing. <laughs> Uh, that's something that I uh, I always wanted to be one of those girls that was like overweight and then became like a Zumba instructor. But I literally hate exercising. And I actually admittedly have been pretty bad about it. I'm getting back on it today. Um, I wasn't a wreck, so I have a little bit of a hall pass on that. Um, now that I'm feeling better, I'm getting back in the gym. I do not believe you have to spend a ton of time working out. I, I never have. 
Um, I've got some, I have nicely developed muscles and I will tell you, I don't think I've ever had a weight training session last longer than 20 minutes or a cardio session last longer than 20 minutes. So I always focus, uh, in weight training on light and lean, um, uh, with a lot of reps personally, sometimes I change it up to heavier, shorter reps, but, um, usually I do lighter, lighter reps. I want to build a long lean female looking muscle. So I don't want to get really beefy looking. And then um, when it comes to cardio, I just really alternate. I do like high uh, intensity interval training, which is HIIT. Um, and uh, so basically, you know, I'll, and I really only do that because I get so bored and it gives me something to do. <laughs> but I, uh, so, you know, you go high intensity for one or two minutes and then low intensity for one or two minutes. And I do that a few times a week and I weight train a few times a week and that's it. That's, that's interesting because a lot of people put a little, like once you get done with the, kind of get your nutrition and kind of like the railroad and get it sorted out. You move to like a lot of training or a little training. It's like, I don't, I think your way is the best way. I think it's like, it should be, um, it depends on what your goal is typically. Right. And if you hate working out, then yes, uh, you probably don't need to work out. Six I know. Days. I'm like, what's the minimum effort required? Cause mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. So you do like, like how much time do you spend working out do you do a lot of any running like what what is your kind of thing no like i said about four times a week i'll do about 20 minutes of cardio and then um f usually three or four times a week i'll do weight training for 20 25 minutes maybe and um for me you know i have a such a busy hectic lifestyle like mm -hmm. everyone that I don't want to live in the gym. I don't. I don't ever want that to be part of my my character and my lifestyle. That I spend hours in the gym. Um, I want to have a toned body. I want to feel good. I want to be strong. Um, but aside from that, I also like having a soft feminine touch to me too. So unless I wanted to lose that, I don't really see a need to spend you know much more time actually working out. Mm -hmm. And how did you figure that out? How did you figure out like you only need to put 20, 30 minutes in? Really, that's just what I did with with my coach and business mm -hmm. partner, Justin. Um, you know, he he knows how much I hate working out. He knows how busy I am, and so that's what he told me is basically that the, the exercises that we're gonna do. It's just the maximum efficiency. He's like, you're gonna feel like you're not doing a lot, but you're gonna see some major changes. And I remember at, our first workout was maybe eight minutes long, and I remember thinking like what am I going to get accomplished in eight minutes? But it was significant, you know, and, and eight minutes turned into 12 minutes, you know, and we kind of grew from there and, you know, we, we change it up because in, you know, your body's extremely efficient. So if you go in and do the same workout every day, your body's going to just become efficient at doing that workout. So you want to kind of change up, you know, what you're doing, but um, that's all we've ever done. And at the end of the day, I want to be strong and I want to like what I look like. And so unless that changes, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, would people like you know you take a day off people just like freak out like it's like it's like the end of the world um how do you handle like like if people like you know they're they're getting pressured into like you gotta go to the gym every day you gotta do this gotta do that um like how how do do you think they should handle that like should it just be like oh well i just don't like i don't need to go that much you know um or taking a day I think, off i think that the key to anything is a is balance and B, the, the most important thing is doing what you said you would do. Mm. Um, that sounds really, really simple, but it's not. So if you commit to yourself, I'm going to work out three times this week. 
it's really important that you work out three times this week. Anything over that? Okay, cool. You, you, you went an extra time, whatever. Um, but also not becoming so overly consumed, you know, remembering what your actual goal is. Your goal is to be healthy. Your goal is to be strong. Your goal is to lose weight, make a plan and sticking to it. And that's diet workout. That's anything in life. You're going to be successful if you can make small goals and achieve them on a regular basis than if you set outlandish goals and you never make them. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you get all this kind of like thought process? I mean, like, do you read a lot of books? Do you, do you journal? Do you, do you write your goals? Like, what, like, like, I don't know. I'm just fascinated by you as a human being. Like how, how, how did this, like, how, what do you do? Like, I'm- you know, um, a lot of it started with, with my coach, you know, mm-hmm. he uh, is extremely intelligent and he really knows how to get you to kind of think a different way. And then, you know, after we started kind of developing this mindset, um, I do read a lot of books. I like to read on why we process things the way we process it and how we think and how that impacts our lives. And so um, I love taking what I read and then I go to the tribe and I give them new thoughts and new ideas to kind of take. Because sometimes what I'm saying is very simple and it all makes sense. But when I first had the thought or I first read it or Justin first told me, I was like, I've never thought about that before. So, yeah, the simple things are the most difficult to kind of see. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and what what type of books do you read? Like, I, you know, give me recommendations. I mean, a lot of people, you know, kind of want to get into the type of mindset that you have. Yeah. So, like one one book I just read is "You Are a Badass." Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that book. It's a really good book. Um, one that I'm reading, it is a, it is a Christian author, um, but it's called greater and it's kind of the idea of, you know, not going for great, but going for greater and kind of the, the mindset behind it. Um, oh gosh, the greatest salesman in the world is one of my favorite books by Ogmandino. Yeah. That's, I read that when I was 18 years old. I probably read it six times now. It's a really (laughs) good book. So I've got quite a collection. I read about a book a week right now. What? Wait, what? Yeah. I, I read a lot. I don't watch TV. I read instead. Oh, okay, okay. So do you, like, listen to audio versions, or do you just, like, you get on your couch and start, What like, how do you do that? Um, I do both. I like both. Um, it depends on the author. Sometimes the author's audio version is incredibly boring. <sighs> yeah, terrible. And just makes you, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, Gary V. I don't like his um, voice. I'm sorry for everyone who's going to hate on me right now. His, <laughs> he, his audiobooks, though, have so much more content in them mm-hmm. than his actual text. So I like his audiobooks more, and I'll listen to those in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant Cardone, I usually do audiobooks for his stuff. Um, but, like, as an example, the book I'm reading right now, Greater, I listened to the sample of the audio version and I couldn't do it. So I just downloaded that one. Yeah. I think everyone has like a different, like, like I can't, I can't listen to Gary. I just can't. I'm sorry. It's like, no, I love Gary. Like he gets me going. He gets me going, but like, I don't know. It's his voice. His, uh, like I hear a lot of screeching and I'm like, Oh, this is like, it doesn't work with my mind. Right. Um, So, you know, and you probably have someone that I know a podcast or something that I, I can't listen to. Um, some people can't listen to my voice because it's so, so not deep, but like, it's like, (laughs) so like, it's always interesting to like how we kind of judge based on sound and all that stuff. But I think his content is probably some of the best I've ever seen ever. So, 
Oh yeah, he's got great. His book, Crush It, was actually, uh, Justin recommended me to read that book when I said I wanted to start a social media account. And he's actually the reason, in that book, he's like, I don't care how busy you are, how many followers you have, who are you to not respond when people message you? Like, it takes a lot for people to actually reach out to you and say something. And he's like, I, I make sure every single message is responded to. And so um, he was actually kind of the book that got me motivated to even create an Instagram account. And I, I actually built a lot of the philosophies for that account based off of that book. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm always excited by books. I don't know what it is about them. They, they kind of have knowledge. I mean, some people always tell me like, oh, some of the books are the same. I'm like, yeah, I can see that they're kind of relatively similar. But I don't know. I just enjoy the, the the thoughts, and sometimes there's like Easter eggs, like where it's like they put a little gold nugget in there that you never thought about yourself. Um, yeah. Or sometimes you just start coming up with your own ideas. Like that's happened to me many times. Just reading something, and then I'm like, well, what about this? Like you know, coming up with your own ideas. Oh, and all the time when I'm reading a book, I can be reading a book about something completely unrelated. I, I don't ever. I'll give you an example. I don't ever read weight loss books, but almost every single book I read the the stuff I'm reading applies to the weight loss mentality. So I'm able to take that back to my tribe and talk to them and, and educate them and, tr and try to give them that extra, you know, information on how to think about this thing. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the mental aspect is such a such a big part. Like, people don't realize, like, you know, nutrition, I think it's, like, a really important thing. I, also, I, I think all these things are important, but the mentality takes up so much more space and, um, if you don't kind of like have that mentality in, in place first, um, you're not going to succeed in all these other things that you want to do. So I'm curious, like, do you set goals for yourself? Do you like, you know, you said that you never imagined this would happen. Um, I'm one of those other people that just sets the bar all the way at the top. You know, don't, don't, don't put it here, put it up there, put it greater, whatever you say. And, uh, I think that's just my method. So like, how do you, what do you do now? Yeah. So I, you know, I definitely, I definitely am a goal setter. I like to set obnoxious goals that are just kind of like, I'm just dreaming over here. Right. And then, um, whether that's just things or what I want to be doing or the kind of person I want to be. Um, and then I also, every single week I set weekly goals, um, just because, you know, whether it's business personally, um, and again, I, I like to set goals that are going to make me, that, that are going to stretch me a little bit, but that are still feasible. You know, anybody can say, I want to be a millionaire by tomorrow, but you're going to probably be disappointed when you don't wake up a millionaire tomorrow. So instead, what's an actual tangible goal to have by tomorrow? You know, what, what's a tangible timeline to be a millionaire and what steps are you going to do along the way? What goal points do you have to pass in order to get there? And so that's what I'm always doing is making those lists because I love to cross them off. Mm -hmm. This year I got everything on my goal list except I did not get an English Bulldog. That was one thing I wanted to get and I haven't done it yet. So uh, There's still time. We still have a few days. Day time to go get that English Bulldog. I think that's, that's interesting because, you know, everyone sets goals and like that. That's all a part of the, the culture now. Like it's like every time I like, I never thought about it, but like every every year it's like, well, what are your goals for next year? You know, um, I'm I'm always I I focus more on like process based goals. Pro, like, uh -huh. like you know, if you're making progress, it doesn't matter if you reach your goal or not. You're making progress. I'm more I think that's more important than the actual goal. Like you know, um, whatever it may be. You know, uh, right. I, I just think that 
if you're making progress, well, that's great. If you reach a goal, great. If you surpass your goal, oh my gosh, you know, you know, that that's just terrific. Um, yeah. So I look at that that way. So I think that's amazing. I don't know. I I, I don't have enough nice things to say about you. Oh, thank you. Um, I think I think what you're doing is I don't know. It's like it's pretty much saint work for me. Like I'm like. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm more of a, I, I don't know, I couldn't do what you do. That's just what, what what I have to say. So. Hey, well, that's why we all have different purposes and different mm-hmm. passions. And if you're not living out your passion, you're not living out your life. And that's what I had to realize is just a few short months ago, I was in corporate America and running a running a company and I wasn't passionate about what I was doing mm-hmm. and it wasn't rewarding to me at all. So it's been really, really, like I said, a really humbling experience to be able to walk with these ladies and really, really fill out my purpose and my calling in my life as well. Mm-hmm. 